Michael O'Mahon. Yep, brilliant. The title this morning is The Wrestling Clothing of Christmas. It's Christmas morning, and everyone is dressed for the day, from Christmas jumpers to new clothing. Today is a special day, hence us wearing our very best. This morning, I want to tell you about a biblical story, a story of wearing the wrong clothing and deceiving God and not reaching our potential according to God's plan for us. You may ask, what's that got to do with Christmas? Well, it's because of a song that will be sung after this sermon by the children of this church about the joy of Christ. We've all received the joy of Christ, otherwise we would not be believing Christians. But do you remember why you had that first unbelievable joy? That joy that was higher than all human experiences of what joy was previously. Do you remember that major comfort that changed your life? Well, I'm going to remind you. There is this God-man named Jesus who came into his own creation, who saw me at my worst, my lowest. He accepted my repentance and gave me his life for me. By Jesus' blood purchased my freedom. My Savior gave me the gift and the pardon of my sin. Sounding joy to the world, the Lord is come. We are never alone as God sent his Son to make our heaven our home. These are the words that will be sung by the children with smiles, with love, and utter humbleness in worship to God. One of my favorite memories of last Christmas carol service that brought joy to all of us was that of Noah. He was focused on his relationship with his father. And being that good boy, he totally forgot to sing. But instead, kept on checking with his father by making eye contact and giving that confirmational thumbs up. Look, Dad, I'm behaving. As each chorus passed, Noah would step down from the group, make eye contact with Tim and go, Tim probably spoke to Noah that whole week leading up to the carol service. Noah knew I needed to behave myself, and it was serious. The commitment Noah showed was because his father had asked. It was Tim's will, and Noah delivered due to the love of his father. Now, this sermon is about what we put on the metaphorical clothing. And it's following the will and love of God the Father. We're going to look at it from two aspects. Are you the one who is convinced or won over by God? Or do you wrestle with this Christmas clothing? And then secondly, we're going to look at three points of Christian joy created by wearing the Christmas clothing of Christ. A warning before we start. As this sermon covers a large portion of Genesis, 
chapters 27 to 35. So like Michael said yesterday, this is covering a wider theme and a rather broad stroke. So let's rewind the clock and go back to the Old Testament to Genesis and recount this unique lesson of Jacob. His journey is this deceptive, from deceptive clothing to how he wrestles to wear his true clothing. And after many falls and hurting others, this Jacob becomes a new renewed man who is named of all things Israel by God. We start in Genesis 27. And Isaac is old before, uh, before he dies. He wants to give God one last blessing to his sons. He has two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Isaac decided that this blessing will go to Esau. Isaac asked Esau to go and hunt and get some wild game for him to eat before this blessing. Now, Rebecca, the mother of the two twins, had a favorite child, and that was Jacob. He was determined, she was determined to make sure that he was the one that got God's blessing and not Esau. So Rebecca and her son, Jacob, came up with a plan of deception. Isaac could not see well due to his age. He relied on the, on the touch and smell. And there was a big difference between the two boys. Isaac, or sorry, Jacob was not hairy, and Esau was very hairy. Rebecca, knowing the time was of the essence, prepared goat instead of soup. And a, a, a soup made of, of, of goat instead of game, as requested by Isaac. Also, instead of Jacob coming to his father dressed in his own clothes, he was to be dressed in the garments of Esau. Not only so, but the skins of the goat that were prepared were put on Jacob's hands and then wrapped around his neck. So when he was ha handled by Isaac, he was thinking he was handling his hairy son, Esau. In spite of the suspicion aroused by Jacob's voice, Isaac accepted he was being embraced by Esau. While doing this, he smelt the fragrance of the clothing, which reminded him of the smell of the field, which the Lord had blessed. And he blessed Jacob under deception. We join the scripture in verse 30 of chapter 27. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father, and then said to him, My father, please seat up and eat some of my game so that you can give me this blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted the game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came in, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. 
a sad and evil thing was done. Both Rebekah and Jacob did not trust in the Lord. They thought they could make the calls, be in control, and force or determine the will of God. Many have asked, what would have happened if Rebecca not intervened and obtained the blessing for Jacob? The simple answer is that God would have overruled and fulfilled his purpose. God's will happens with or without us. Now this is important. As Jacob did not have an easy life, years of exile, trying to be married to his chosen wife, 14 years of slave labor, having 12 sons with different wives, every step was not easy for him. And at each stage, Jacob did one thing consistently. He failed in trusting the Lord. And in turn, his life was a mess. Failure followed by falls and hurting people around him. A life without joy until he wrestled with God. Then Jacob seeks his lost brother, Esau, and reconciles with him, seeking joy in reconciliation. Then Jacob got rid of all the foreign gods and idols from his household and made an altar to God worshipping the eternal joy. He praised and saw first and foremost who God is and the reason for his life, the realization of joy. God recognized this and blessed him and gave him a new name. God said to him, your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. Genesis 35:10. Now why is that important being called Israel? Israel means the one who prevails with the Lord. Or the one who is overcome by the Lord. Overcome as we were in joy at conversion. Now for the second part, let's look forward to Christ's eternal clothing as we explore three points of Christian joy created by wearing the Christmas clothing of Christ. One, clothed in Christ at conversion, union with him. Two, clothed in Christ and our relationship with him. Three, clothed in Christ eternally. Clothed in Christ at conversion, union with him. First, it emphasizes our union with Christ as it happens at our conversion. This baptistry behind me, we had Victoria and two Davids that got baptized in it this year. And it was to wash themselves clean and to be resurrected in Christ symbolically. In Galatians 3, 26 to 27, Paul writes that, In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Therefore, everyone who has committed their life to Christ by faith has the status of putting on Christ. Coming every Sunday shows the outward 
fact that we're putting on Christ. Obedience is putting on. But something is fruitless unless it has meaning and function. A meaning with Christ is you need to have a personal relationship with him. God came into his creation 2,000 odd years ago as a man. Why? So we could have a relationship with him. So that leads me to my second point. Clothed in Christ by our relationship in him. Being clothed in Christ vividly betrays the transformation that results from our relationship with Jesus Christ. In contrast to living a life of disobedience to God and his ways, Romans 13, 13. Oh, I hope you're thinking of Rebecca and Jacob and the disobedient and how they deceived God, deceived their father Isaac. We wear or put on Christ because we are sinners Therefore, without Christ, we are God's direct enemy. Christmas clothing is needed. It is survival, as without Christ's clothing, you have nothing to protect yourself against sin. This is a sinful world. Paul instructs believers to rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Romans 13, 14. In other words, sin. Sometimes the commandment is to put on godly characteristics. We did a whole series on this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Colossians 3, 12. Thus, the call to put on these godly characteristics, these Christian values, we are gentle, we are humble, we are kind because of the love of God and the joy of God, not our default sinner creature state. Thirdly, clothed in Christ eternally. The imagery of being clothed in Christ describes the transformation of our bodies that will take place when we are resurrected from the dead, as Paul explains. For perishable must clothe themselves with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, 1 Corinthians 15, 53. In the meantime, as we wait that day that is coming for all of us, Paul continues in 2 Corinthians 5, 2-5. Meanwhile, we'll grow, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because we are clothed, we are not found to be naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Every believer has put on Christ, our eternal Christmas clothing, by virtue of trusting in who Jesus is and what, most importantly, he has done for us. The humbleness of the children that are going to be singing here in a few moments, they'll be proclaiming and singing joy as is meant to be understood that Jesus came 
to make us a heavenly home so man and God could be united again. Yet we're also called to put on the character qualities and virtues that reflect our identity as children of God. We pursue this life-giving goal in the anticipation of the day when we take off our mortal bodies and put on those resurrected bodies that fully reflect Christ's own resurrected body. So today, when you're opening presents, hugging that relative or eating some turkey, be thinking of the eternal Christmas clothing, a gift from God. You got that gift when you're at your worst, a gift of life, light, truth, in Christ alone. I pray, I plead with all, see the everlasting joy that's in this clothing. If you're listening online or in this room and you do not have a relationship with Christ on Christmas Day, a celebration of God entering into his creation to save man, I ask you this very simple question. Why not? And more importantly, what are you waiting for? Are you being a Jacob? Stubborn and wiser than God, so that only after a wrestling match and your hip is dislocated, you realize that I'm just a man playing God as a creature in your creation. When someone creates you and then you ignore them until the time of your need, know clearly this is not a relationship built on a solid foundation. Do not let the words of those who have gone to meet their maker before, but on entering were told, I never knew you. Away from you, evildoers. Matthew 7.23 your internal Christmas clothing is waiting for you. Believe and come and know the joy and relationship of Christ, a relationship of sacrifice to us unworthy sinners and a relationship we don't deserve. I will close with a quote from the song we're about to sing. Oh, I'm not going to sing it, but the children will. Let's bang the drum I remember this day that God sent his son. And every time you hear the kids say, joy? Remember, it's joy only knowing and putting on Christ, the eternal Christmas clothing. Amen. Let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, King of kings and creator of all, Help us today that we can be Christ-like so we can get to understand this Christ-given joy. Joy and goodness and love all stems from you as you are the source of life. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son. And Lord, you know those listening online that are searching, trying to find meaning for truth, for this very life-giving relationship. 
I pray that they may fall to their knees in repentance and cry out to you in this very day for Christ's eternal Christmas clothing, the joy of Christ. For it's only in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.